Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, Day 29. It's now been eight weeks, six days, since I began this experiment where I podcast my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating and binge eating rather than heading for the chips. And I'm sitting up here today on my second to the top Zen spot at the top of a windy mountain at Duke Major Wilderness Park. So you might be hearing a little bit of wind, some birds, other hikers. It's a lovely day and I'm really feeling good. When we come back from listening to our inspirational snippet, I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I want to talk about a really fun adventure I had yesterday meeting one of you brave companions. I also want to talk about a comment that was left to me by Stephanie, a French-Canadian listener, and talk about why is it that we feel we need to already have been a success in order to take the next step towards our goals. Also, I want to give you some good resources, and listener Maureen would really, really like to know from all of you, how do you, brave companions, deal with the emotions under your compulsive overeating? More of that when we come back from listening to Josh. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a silent wind that never really blows, I'm letting go. Well, brave companions, welcome back. Now that we've all been letting go after listening to Josh, I want to tell you some kind of cool news. My friend Cheryl and I started a Spark People team In case anyone who's listening to this podcast would like to join us where we count calories. Now, not everybody who's dealing with compulsive overeating or binge issues really does well counting calories. So if if you're not, you can just stop by if you want and say hello in our forums there. But if you want to count calories or you're on Spark People, this is a place for you. Well, I tell you, the other day I was just going to delete this team because it had been Cheryl and me this whole time. And it's fun to say hi to Cheryl, but I see her in other places online. And we were getting ready to delete when new team member Lisa joined us. Now, I don't know, Lisa, if you're actually a Brave Companion listener of this podcast or you are just a Spark People person who found our team because it talks about compulsive overeating and binge eating. But just in case that you're a listener, shout out to you. Thanks for joining and shout out to the rest of you. If you'd like to come join our team, I'll put the link on day 29. Feel free to stop by and, you know, Believe me, I understand if counting calories is not for you or you're already using your own methods, that's, that's cool with us. Cheryl and I started this purely to be a support. And speaking of being support, yesterday when I got home from my adventure, I got a really heartfelt reach out from Maureen, who's going through a lot of things that are too personal to put on this podcast, but she really, really wants to know, how do I or any of you who've had any success at all deal with the emotions that are under your own compulsive eating? And I know, Brave Companions, that we're all at different levels of success in dealing with this issue. So maybe even if you're not super successful right now, maybe in the past you had some success. And, you know, there's the traditional things like reaching out to a therapist 
or getting a book like How to Overcome Binge Eating. And in fact, Stephanie, the French-Canadian listener I'm going to talk about, pointed me in the direction of a really great podcast that I listened to called Are You Binge Dieting by Betsy Thurston, who is a registered dietitian and health coach. And her podcast, I listened to some, are all practical steps about intuitive eating and to kind of help you get a handle on this. She's also available for individual sessions by Skype. I don't know the lady, but I tell you, I, I heard nothing in her podcast that I would not recommend. So you might listen to that, and I will put the links to her website and her podcast also on day 29. So for me, just coming here on the mountain and talking to you when I feel blue or when I feel like I screwed up or even when I feel pathetic, however I feel just talking to you is really helping me deal with it. Now, do I expect every single one of you to get your own podcast and do the same thing? No. My friend Cheryl, she likes to deal with her emotions by writing. So she has her own personal journals as well as her own public journals where she will do the same. She will write about how things are going and how she feels in writing. So for some people, keeping a journal, even a private one, works. Now, I think better by talking, especially since my bicycle accident. So for me, recording my thoughts is really, really helpful. And a lot of us have smartphones today that have voicemail app. You could just go out someplace private and talk to yourself, not put it on a podcast, just talk to yourself and then listen to it back. It's pretty interesting because every time I do these episodes, I listen to them on the way back down the mountain or on the last part of my walk, whatever it might be. And every single time I hear myself talking about things I didn't even remember that I was talking about. Pretty surreal, but also very helpful. But we're asking you, brave companions, if you have compassion for Maureen, who's in a rough spot right now, And if you feel up to it yourself, please comment on day 29 so Maureen can see your ideas or call our bravery hotline like Sandy did at 206-350-6445. And you can just say, hi, this is a tip for Maureen. And I will put it on my next episode. So please, I'm asking you as best I can, support Maureen. She's really brave. Good for you for reaching out to us. Let's get together as a community and show her some support. Okay, in the opening, I alluded to an adventure I had meeting one of you brave companions. And that brave companion was listener Sandy, the same one who was brave and called the bravery hotline and who shared her cute little girl picture with the squirrel on the show notes on day 28. So I was really thrilled when Sandy let me know that we're both in the Los Angeles region and we decided to meet up at Descanso Gardens. So we went there yesterday. I said, you'll know me from the hat. And yes, indeed, she did. And she's a charming, wonderful person in real life. And that took bravery on her part and my part because this is a very personal kind of a podcast. So it's kind of strange to meet somebody that you've never met in person who knows so many intimate details about your life. But I have to tell you, we have lots in common besides any issues that we may or may not be experiencing with our food. We had a great walk around Descanso. I showed her my dry riverbed podcasting spot. We spent a long time chatting in a couple of chairs there overlooking the mountains, and I had a thoroughly great time. 
So you say, how come you didn't put Sandy on this episode? Well, because we weren't there to podcast. We were there to walk and to get to know each other. Maybe someday Sandy would like to walk up here to my Upper Zen place and be in a podcast with me, but that will be a different day. But what I want to say is it's so great to have this opportunity to get to know you online. And I'm thrilled that there was opportunity to get to know Sandy in the real life too. How many opportunities have I let go in my life of getting to know somebody? And because I'm very private in some ways, like I'm really odd. Many people say they have this big fear of public speaking, right? They're, they're terrified of speaking before big crowds. I could speak in front of any crowd of any size and feel completely fine. But to meet somebody one-on-one -on -one and to build a true and personal relationship with them where there's expectations, even if it's just expectations that you're going to be on time or they're going to be on time or that you're going to remember each other's birthdays or that you're going to be there for each other in real life. That is one of the things that I've not been perfect at. Some of my friends have kind of drifted away because I haven't kept up enough with the people that were important to me. And I think that's kind of related to my eating and keeping a physical barrier of weight between me and others and more psychological things. So for me, it was exciting to meet Sandy. And in a way, it made it easier because we had the podcast stories in common. I mean, she already knew me. She already knew I was big. <laughs> I mean, I give you my exact weight every time. So I didn't have to worry about that. Also, as I've gotten older, to be honest with you, what I look like does not give me the terror that it used to when I was younger. I think my expectations on myself are quite a bit less. Bottom line, I met somebody that I had been meeting online. I met her in a public place, which is how I'd recommend all of you, whether it's online dating or meeting a new friend or going to a meetup, is I wouldn't say, come over to my house the first time I meet you. <laughs> Always meet for coffee, meet for a place that's well known so you can both feel comfortable. Because, you know, Sandy and I got along quite well. It might have been Otherwise, it might have been, well, this has been kind of cool to meet you, but thanks, but no thanks, right? You never know how it's going to go. But if we don't take that risk, we're not going to get the new friend. If we don't send out the resume or update our LinkedIn profiles, we're not going to get the job. If we don't tell people what you want, just like I asked you to please support Maureen, we're not going to get what we want. Now, just because I asked you all to support Maureen, does that mean that the hotline is going to become flooded with calls? No, that doesn't mean that. Because you guys are where you are in your journey. You, brave companions, are where you are and how you feel about publicly talking in any way, whether you put your name or not to it. I understand that. But how would you have known that I want you to help Maureen if I hadn't have said, I want you to help Maureen? And how would I know Maureen could use some support if Maureen hadn't written to me and said, Lori, I could use some support? So reaching out is always good. You do have to prepare yourself for the possibility that the answer is going to be no or not yet. That, I think, is the hard part. I think that's... You know, chips never say no, not yet. If chips are there, they could come right down my throat the minute that I want some chips. I think that's part of my compulsion too is, I want it, I want it right now. But the big things, 
the important things, the heart things in life, not heart, heart, like your beating heart, those things come through letting yourself be a little bit vulnerable, through letting yourself take a risk, a measured risk, right? Take a risk, put yourself out there. And if the answer's no or not yet, that's even kind of good because the more that you get used to that, the more you realize it's not going to devastate you. Do you all remember the first time you fell in love when you were young? It might have been grade school, junior high school, middle school, high school, college. But the very first time you fell in love, it's pretty rare that you end up married or life partners with the first person you fell in love with. Usually the first person that you fall in love with breaks up with you or you break up with them. And that hurt in your heart is so devastating. It is, you think you're going to die for sure. It is the most terrible feeling because you haven't been through it before. You don't have that perspective that, you know, this hurts like hell right now, but I am going to get over it. And someday I'll meet someone else and I will fall in love again. Most of us have fallen in love more than once. And I'm just saying that as an example. You know, going for the job of your dreams, you might not always try that. And I've done it several times and several times got the answer is no. I've also been fortunate enough in my career that several times I've reached out, gotten that job or had a job created for me. I get to know somebody, they see my skills, they say, hey, we could use someone like you. Let's make a job for you. That's been handy. But I've also had a huge amount of doors slam in my face. And some of that has to do my own doors in my own face when it comes to diet, eating, body shape, how I talk to myself. I haven't been nice to myself like Sandy and her squirrel. I've always felt 100% that I need to be perfect to be acceptable. I need to really put on the show, put on the game face, be ready to go, smile, smart, ready for anything. And I can't be that all the time. Nobody can. Some of these episodes are going to be just fantastically good. They'll touch your heart. They'll give you food for thought. Some are going to be, eh, Laura, your heart probably wasn't in it that much today. That's because I'm telling you how I feel every day for real. Some days I'm up there. Some days I'm down. Some days I might be more interesting than others. But I really wanted to get to Stephanie's comment. And I would like you, if you're interested, to go to day 27 of the show notes and read the whole thing because it's quite lengthy but very interesting. And I'm going to read just a bit of it to get to the part that I wanted to to talk about. She says, hello, I listened to your first five podcasts. I wanted to comment on the episode about not having any feedback. See, remember the pathetic episode? I'm sorry, I'm one of those who consumes content without ever commenting. I'm also a food addict and working really hard on that. Okay, so she likes to listen to, to our content, to the podcasts. So consuming lots of content right now is helpful. It keeps me focused and out of my fridge. So it helps a lot for now, but I forget to say thank you, so thank you. Plus, I mainly listen to podcasts when I walk or in the car, so to comment on the net is not accessible at that very moment. I'm listening, but making up excuses. I think I should thank all content creators like you as extremely helpful in my own path to health. Bevan James Isles, 
E-Y-L-E-S. Bestie Thurston, that's the lady I talked about earlier, the, the registered dietitian. Greatly helpful podcasters for me. I used to read more, but for the last months I've been discovering great podcasts. I'm thinking of doing one of my own, as I am French-Canadian, and there is very little French podcast content. Your podcast inspires me a lot as to what kind of podcast I would like to make. Your podcast is honest, touching. At first I told myself I'd wait to lose all the weight and then do a podcast on how to succeed. That was kind of a goal that kept me motivated. But now you've convinced me that now is the time. Thank you. I don't know you, but I love you. Stephanie. Well, Stephanie, I don't know how to pronounce your name in French, but I want to tell you, I don't know you either, except for your online comments, but I love and care about you too, because I love and care about every one of you listeners, even though I don't know you personally. And I think that Stephanie makes a really good point. She wanted to do a podcast. She had that urge to do what I'm doing, but she felt that she had to get down to her good weight so that she had a story of success in order to be taken seriously and to have something worth listening to, worth having something to say, right? I know where this comes from. When I was in Weight Watchers losing the 130 pounds, I had a fantastically motivating Weight Watcher leader and she found out how much I love to talk and how good I was at motivating people. So every five pounds I lost at Weight Watchers, my whole class let me give up and get, get not give up, get up and give a five minute talk about whatever was on my mind. And it was topics of success, things that helped me in the process thus far. So by the end of my two years at Weight Watchers, I was kind of like a mini Weight Watchers celebrity in the area because I'd lost 130 pounds and I'd been giving these little talks in my Weight Watcher meeting all the time. And I found this extremely motivating to be able to talk and share my story. And at that time, I was a success story. I'd gone down 130 pounds. And I wanted to, at that point, go into a motivational speaking career. And I'd done a lot of speaking and a lot of teaching and a lot of training on other topics. And I thought, I had in my mind that it would be perfect timing for me to go on the road and to start developing a speaking career all about how to be successful at losing weight. Because I didn't start to lose all this weight till I was 40 years old. And I did it by 42 and I was, like I said, in a size 6. But the horrible bad fall of the internet recession hit and... Jobs were scarce, not as bad as 2008, but jobs were very scarce. Corporations were cutting back. Speaking budgets were slashed. And I got the opportunity to join the corporation that I retired from in their web team because I was a web designer and a technical person as well as a speaker and other things. And they needed this technical help. And my husband and I discussed it, and we decided that we needed the money and the stability in this rocky economy that my joining a corporate nine to five job would give us. And we all assumed that it would just be for a year or two and that I could work on my motivational speaking on the side. Well, I've also shared with you how hard it was. Well, I don't know if I told you, but it was hard for me to adjust to corporate life. I had never worked in a corporation before, and it's very, very different from having your own business or working in a startup. Just a whole different thing. And so that took me a year or so to get comfortable with corporate life. And in the meantime, the various ups and downs of my weight were making it so I would gain some weight, maybe even just 20 pounds or 10 pounds, but I'd feel like, 
just like Stephanie was saying, I need to get back down to my goal weight in order to make a proposal, in order to try to speak, in order to, to, to make the business I really wanted, I have to wait to be back to where I was, perfect at goal. Well, you brave companions know that I never did that. I've never been back to my goal. I've never been back to what in my mind was perfection. I've never been to where I thought I was a body success ever again not even in my body for life. And I think I looked very, very good. And you can check out my bikini pic on day 28. But I felt that that was a failure, that I had not been a success. And therefore, I had no business telling you or anybody anything about weight loss or how to be successful because I was a failure. Now, I realized that I'm not a failure. I've learned so much through all of my attempts, a lot of which makes really good stories for this podcast right now. And I love doing this podcast. But I was just like Stephanie. I didn't want to do this podcast, Compulsive Overeating Diary, until I had become completely intuitive. I was eating. I was free from calorie counting. I knew when I was hungry. I knew when I was full. I was a natural eater. I could show you before and after pictures and say, look, here I am, and you can do it too. But I needed to talk my issues through. I needed to help myself. So I started recording how I felt to see if it would help me stop going after the damn chips. If I could turn it around, if I could keep the mountain of weight from falling back on my bones. I did this for me. And I shared it with my friend. And she said, this would be good for other people. But I didn't want to do it. I'm I did not want to, you know from episode four, the pathetic episode, how much that was hard for me. And yet, what is the episode that has you guys reaching out to me saying, we get you, you're like us? It's episode four. And the episodes where I'm feeling my most pathetic are where I get the most mail, the most we love yous, the most positive feedback. And to me, that's a revelation. You are inspirational when you have a success story, but you're also kind of on a pedestal. When people are in the trenches going through what they're going through, they don't always want to hear from the one who managed to do it, the one who made the million-dollar business, the one who has the great relationship, the one with the fantastic body, Those are all things to aspire to. But I've found that to be relatable, especially in a podcast, is the main thing. People relate to being honest. People relate to where you are. And even if they don't comment, they still listen. That's another lesson I've learned. I've kind of given up feeling so bad about myself because Daily Adventure Tales did not turn out to be a huge commenting you know, back and forth fest. I really wanted a community and a conversation, but it was very successful in that my listeners loved to listen to it. It was entertaining to them. It brightened their day. And honestly, the only time I really heard from listeners was after I put the podcast on hold. Then I heard from listeners on that hotline and on the comments. 
that we miss Daily Adventure Tales. It was a bright spot in a negative world. We loved to listen to it. What they didn't love was to tell me at the time. <laughs> okay. But that's okay. I realize now that Daily Adventure Tales was also a learning process. I learned with it that I loved, loved to podcast. And I also learned that what matters most to me is the whole feeling that I'm having a conversation and that I'm helping somebody and that I know that I'm helping somebody. But don't, don't worry. I know by now, you know, you, enough of you have reached out to me that I know that I'm helping you. I'm really okay. If you want to reach out to me, I love it. And there's going to be days when I suck and, and I need help and I'll say I need some help. But this is also about your journey. So whether you're writing in a journal, you're talking on your phone to yourself, you're finding a good therapist, you're finding an online program that suits you, whatever you do, be kind to yourself, take care, and reach out for help when you need it. It really makes a difference. Take care. I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. Ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone and won't be holding on to anything again. I'm letting go. Silence.